you remember the story. Uh, we found out uh, through some excellent reporting by the Globe and Mail who saw some CSIS documents that sort of detailed how the Chinese government had been involved in interfering with Canadian elections through, you know, surreptitiously funding different candidates, uh, misinformation they talked about uh, to make sure that some conservative candidates didn't get elected. Their goal was to deliver a liberal minority government. They didn't want a liberal majority. They wanted a liberal minority. Now, we don't there's i don't think there's any way of quantifying if they were successful or not uh, our prime minister says no they were not canadians decided the election we'll get into that in just a moment first though i want to chat with charles burton who is a senior fellow at the mcdonald laurie institute a former counselor at the canadian embassy in beijing charles thanks so much for your time i appreciate you being here today well, it's great to speak with you shay yeah this reporting that we saw in the globe and mail i mean i think we all knew we'd all been told at least that china was interfering so it doesn't come as a complete surprise that this was happening right uh, no, I mean, you know, I think we've even talked about it on your show in the yeah. past that, that the Chinese um, government is trying to interfere in our democratic process. I think the thing about it is that the 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 thesis report gives vindication that, you know, we're not at the loony fringe of uh, conspiracy theories, but this is actually happening. And, you know, the Chinese consul general made some rather triumphalist statements that, the Chinese government felt yeah. that they'd been successful in defeating two candidates in Vancouver. And, uh, you know, the prime minister says, oh, no, no, it didn't happen. But, uh, you know, how can we tell the impact of the Chinese disinformation? We don't know why people vote the way they do. Right. It's a secret ballot. So, you know, I'd like more information on that. And it seems that the committee that was advising him on this, that, oh, no, nothing to worry about here on the elections, did not may not have had access to the CSIS materials. When the Minister Mendicino was asked about that, he didn't give a, an answer. So they may have been telling the Prime Minister everything was fine. It may be because they didn't know what maybe the Prime Minister knew. And the Prime Minister's focus seems to be about trying to find those people inside CSIS who leaked the documents to the Globe and Mail and uh, bring them to account. You know, you can get 14 years in prison for violating the Security of Information Act. So it the whole thing... Uh, well, I, I don't know. That stinks to high heaven. <laughs> I, you know, I just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. And I think we need a lot more information to make conclusions about what's really going on with our government in China. I think you make a really good point. I mean, the, the information that we've learned sort of is confirmation in a lot of ways. And maybe it, it goes a little farther than some of us anticipated this to be happening. But the other question, and I know you wrote a piece in the Globe and Mail yesterday about this in, in particular is, um, that's sort of uh, one topic, but the other one is, what's our government doing about it? And, you know, at least publicly, Charles, at least from what we've seen, they've done nothing. I mean, the, the people who allegedly, according to these CSIS documents, as you said, spoke about their great triumph in, in barring these candidates from getting elected, are still in the country. We haven't kicked anybody out. We haven't taken any action, at least that we know of, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, this has been going on for some years, and I... You know, there have been different parliamentary investigations, including in the Common Special Committee on Canada-China Relations and uh, currently in the Procedure and House Affairs Committee. And, you know, they ask people like me to come in and explain what's going on. I explain mm -hmm. what's going on. They get thesis in and thesis says, oh, yes, we're aware of this, but uh, uh, and we're, we're, we're doing everything, you know, we can to protect the Canadian interests, but we can't reveal the operational details to you. Well, I'm beginning to wonder if the reason they can't reveal the operational details to us all is because there are no operational details to, to reveal because, as you say, you know, nothing has happened. They, not a single Chinese diplomat has been called to task on this, and 
There's been no charges laid by the RCMP, you know, on serious matters like this, the, the revelation that that Chinese uh, that the Chinese consulate encourages people to give donations yeah. to political candidates they support, and then they bring in the tax receipt and get reimbursed for the part that wasn't tax deductible. I mean, you know, like that's definitely criminal. How come we haven't um, we haven't pursued any of that? And it's because so blatant. knows about it. They say they know about it. So why aren't they telling the RCMP so they can? lay some charges and put an end to it. Um, what about the timing of all of this? Because like, like you say, I mean, there's no way of quantifying exactly what kind of an impact this had on 2021. But but as we've said, we all knew about this going back previous elections. Um, and as you say, you were actually involved in, in briefing the government about what was going on. You were involved in those conversations that included RCMP and CSIS and all the rest. Um, so that was all about the two previous elections. What about this one? Like, how much did we know? Who knew what when, I guess, is the is the ultimate question. Right, Charles? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and why wasn't information shared? You know, in other words, uh, if CSIS was aware who was engaging in disinformation about Kenny Chu, why didn't they um, let him know? Because, you know, as it was, a mass of disinformation comes out about a conservative candidate on exactly the day when polls are showing that the conservatives might win a minority government. Um, you know, I, I was asked to try and figure out what was going on with that by going through the Internet. I'm not a professional, um, you know, CSIS guy, but I did a lot of uh, searches and I couldn't figure out where the disinformation was coming from. In other words, if it was coming from Canadians, all very well, you know, people are allowed to hold opinions or put things up on Twitter. But now we know that this disinformation was actually a coordinated campaign by the government of China. And that puts a very different spin on things. And the fact that that information was not, you know, forthcoming to, to the electorate um, obviously would have had a very negative impact on Mr. Chu's campaign. And, you know, I think it looks very suspicious that that he lost his seat because of the disinformation and because he was proposing an act in Parliament that would require people in the policy process who were recipients of benefit from a foreign state to publicly declare it. And you know, the Chinese government certainly wouldn't like anything like that. No, absolutely. And I guess what it comes down to, bottom line here, Charles, is we could have an election, I mean, given a minority parliament, who knows? It could be two months away, it could be two years away, we don't know. Um, but at this point, I don't think a lot of Canadians would feel very confident that we've managed to deal with the situation that we now know uh, clearly has been going on. Um, what do we need to do? Like, I mean, like the government just, as you say, doesn't seem interested in, in, in taking a stand and doing anything here. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the way it's looking right now. Um, they're speaking a bit more positively about a foreign um, influence registry, um, but, you know, they've been speaking about it for years mm -hmm. and keep saying they have to consult and it would lead to racism against Asians, which, you know, for that's the Chinese government's line. If you start to make people who are receiving money from China have to publicly declare it, it'll lead to racism against Asians in Canada. But, you know, the, the Chinese people that I know in the Hong Kong community and, and the uh, Taiwan community and, you know, the Chinese democracy activists, they don't think it's going to stimulate more racism. And when Australia put in that act, it didn't stimulate more racism in Australia, as far as I'm aware. So, you know, the, the excuses that are being used to prevent the information coming out about people in the policy process who are receiving benefits 
from a foreign a country are looking more and more suspicious as to the people that say, well, we don't want anything like that kind of act, might be the people that would be exposed if the act became law. So, you know, we're dealing with some fairly strong and murky forces here. And, and uh, 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 you know, in terms of the next election, I mean, how long will the NDP continue to support the yeah. Liberals if the Liberals are very seriously um, discredited by this, you know, which really calls into the, you know, the, the, the loyalty of, of some Canadians to our country and our security and sovereignty. And if the NDP um, decamps, then, you know, an election could follow pretty soon afterwards. And, you know, as you say, I, 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 presumably that would cause a, a, a kind of um, movement to, to stand firm and prevent uh, any information about election interference seeing light of day until possibly the next government comes into effect. And yeah. I would say, you know, it's not just about the Liberals. There's also indications that there are some uh, conservative candidates that the Chinese also favored. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And, and I guess, you know, it comes back to the thing you and I have spoken about so many times before, Charles, is sort of at some point, sooner or later, we need to stand up and say, okay, th- this, this kind of behavior, police stations, meddling in our election, all the stuff that you and I have talked about over the years, we need to push back a little bit here. We need to have a bit of backbone when it comes to dealing with this this Chinese regime. Yeah, I mean, I think people and, you know, our listeners have to really insist that this become a major issue in Canadian politics because, you know, this kind of thing typically doesn't have an impact on election results and the parties know it. But I think it's getting to the point where Canadians realize that this is a much more serious thing than than something going on in a foreign country that is impacting on the future of Canada and it's impacting on our democratic system. And, you know, uh, as you say, it's time for us to just say no and empower thesis to provide that information to the RCMP, see some some people that are doing bad things brought to a court of law where they will get, you know, due process yeah. of law to defend themselves and uh, and extract costs for doing things like illegal campaign contributions and, and um, slandering um, MPs for a for a foreign political purpose. Yeah, I mean, the evidence seems pretty clear and we'll follow where it goes from here as always. Charles, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.